Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or a friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. Okay, we're going to get it started with y'all today with, as always, our cocktail of the day. Tree, what you made for us? You know, I threw my bartender hat on a little bit and I made us a nice bourbon spiced red sangria. It has some pomegranate seeds, blackberries, uh, different types of juices. And, you know, it's perfect and nice for the spring weather we're having. All the good stuff is in there. I agree. I agree. Perfect for spring. And now we can cheers. So we have a real good game ready for y'all. We're going to get right into it. It's called What You Doing If. To start things off, Tree, what you doing if your friend gets with your man after y'all done broke up? No, 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 no. That's not happening to me. It's definitely not happening to you. So give me more context because what is this about? Well, this goes out to Portia Williams. This is about you, girl. We not we my talk girl, about Portia. This. Not my girl. Yep. Even though you love someone, you sometimes got to take them to task for the dumb bullshit they be doing. So recently, this is hitting all the blogs, all the news, all the Twitter feeds, IG, all the socials. Apparently, Portia Williams is now newly engaged to Simon Gubadia. I hope I said that right. And the gag is in the, the gag. The gag is in the terms of Aunt Kiki Palmer that this guy, Simon was previously married together allegedly already done got divorced by his wife Fallon who was just introduced to us on Atlanta Housewives as Portia's friend so the thing is I love me some Portia but she's dead ass wrong here I'm still on your side girl don't get it twisted we still friends but you're wrong there is a thing called girl code okay Mm. It doesn't matter that you guys weren't close friends like that. She's trying to claim that the show, you know, made them be friends for TV purposes, but they're like less than acquaintances. It doesn't matter. This is someone that you knew. She invited you to her home. She invited you to her pool and your skimpy ass bikinis in front of her husband and and her private jet. And now you done took over that pool, that home, and you still wearing that skimpy bikini in front of her husband and now making it your man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, this is all the way wrong. Like, I don't even care if I don't even date friends of friends men because and you shouldn't. That's just too close for comfort. But black people don't do that shit. Portia, you know better than that. But like, apparently people are digging up all the receipts from the past. There was an old clip of Candy yelling and screaming at the top of her lungs at Portia from years ago on Housewives, talking about how she was trying to talk to a friend of Candy's man and her and trying to have a threesome with them. So apparently Portia does this. I don't know. On her podcast, she also talked about, you know, a previous entanglement that she had when she was way younger, when she was working at um, a call center. And she was also, unbeknownst to her, allegedly, according to her, the guy that she was involved with was married and that she, you know, broke it off as soon as she found out that he was married. Now, according to her, 
Simon and this Fallon chick, they don't file for divorce in January. The divorce is final. But let, but the timeline of this is just not adding up. Like two plus two is not adding up to four here. Because how this divorce just became final barely a month ago. Well, the thing is, when you're rich, you can make divorces happen as quick as possible. But also the divorce apparently happened because Fallon cheated. So I'm sure if she cheated, there's really not much to dispute there. Like he's going to leave with what he came in with, all his millions and billions, whatever he has in his pockets. But the fact of the matter is that Portia claims they have been dating for one month and they now engage after one month of dating. And go parenting with Dennis. Women who were seen around with him before that month, right before that month, like at the end of March are showing up all over the socials. Like, Hey, I was with this man on this date. So when did you get with him? And apparently Portia's new, uh, fiance is cool friends with her ex fiance slash father of her daughter. But, you know, I was listening to this on the breakfast club and they were talking about how apparently the way that Fallon was able to get introduced on the show as Portia's friend, Portia and Fallon knew each other because Dennis and Simon either did business or ran in the same business circles. So the four of them would actually like hang out and do couple things together. Yeah, I saw that, but I also saw that that was a lie too. So like, we don't even know what to believe, but the best thing is Simon was on some live from a few months ago talking about how he has a soft spot for women who are really needy and need him. So basically, also he Captain Saberho. He has a Saberho mentality, and Portia is also rumored to be getting a Bravo spinoff. But guess what? The best part is, oh God. Portia looks super uber pregos as fuck mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. all the pictures. Circuit. Yep, I done seen that. I done seen that in that picture that she posted for Mother's Day with her, Dennis, and Simon. Because you know, Mama's always serving a body yaddy 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 yaddy, right? Goes all the curves on any given day. Yep. And then for Mother's Day, she gonna hit us with this shapeless mumu ass looking dress. Where you could very clearly see. I saw a little bit of a bump. Girl, you ain't fooling nobody. You're not fooling anybody, but guess, trust, and believe. I'm still on your side, Portia. You're wrong. And I will be tuning in for the next season that they will be taping very soon. And it'll be airing in the fall, the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Can't wait. Okay, Tree. So what you doing if you see someone eating McDonald's while also wearing a waist trainer? See, you know what? I can't even be mad at that person. Now, I might immediately start texting somebody. I'm not that person to take pictures and, you know, go sending that shit. But I will text, you know, you, a couple other friends, be like, this bitch over here or this dude. Like, what is going on? But at the same time, I'm not going to lie because I personally won't wear a waist trainer and be eating McDonald's. Like, that just defeats the whole purpose. That's like somebody getting a, you know, plastic surgery and then you still go and eat the same fat shit that you was eating to get, you know, bigger in the first place. Or like uh, a Kim Zolciak when she was getting that that laser fat while also eating a, a pepperoni pizza at the same time. Yeah. 
It's a zero-sum game. It's like one cancels out the other. Like, what you doing? I will say that I have, you know, had a couple drinks and then went to the gym to go work out. So I was feeling real nice on that elliptical. And I was like, mm, you know, feeling real woozy. So, again, at that at that point, you know, what am I really doing? Because I'm drinking the calories and I'm basically not even burning off all that I drank. So, you know, I, I see Sukiana in that video where she got the waist trainer on eating McDonald's on a bus. And I'm like, girl... I ain't mad at you. She wasn't on a bus. She was at the airport, and she was trying to be slick and took her wig right off to put a hat on. Oh, maybe I saw a different video. Maybe she just does this every day. Maybe this is her thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she Yeah, maybe that's her MO. I don't know. But the next question, all right, what you doing if you driving? Nice weather, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost summer. We in spring, but it's almost summer. I was doing that this afternoon. You put the top down, and guess what? What? That wig flies off. <laughs> top down, still missing. Top down wig missing. Yeah. Like, okay. Come on, girl. If you're going to do that, you got to make sure that you secure the wig. You got to make sure that it's anchored there real tight because that wind, you never know. It could be 20, 30, you going 40 miles per hour. Once you hit that 55, girl, child. Now, I saw a video on the socials and this girl wig flew all the way off. Oh, See, no. Now, I will say that I'm not a wig wearer, but if I were and that happened to me, Honestly, I don't know what I'm doing first, crying or laughing, probably both at the same time, because it's embarrassing. And me, I'm not a driver. I'm I'm a passenger, so I like to be driven. So I know that I'm with someone, <laughs> and they definitely saw that, and their reaction is probably like, oh. And on the other hand, it's not just for women, though. I've seen men with the lace frontals and that mm-hmm. short, you know, the bald men, they want hair, too. With the toupee and, and all that. They got the fake toupees, or you want to get some long, you know, tresses whatever so men beware too this is not just about the women yeah if you want to be all cute this summer and drive around with the top down make sure that your top top is right right all the way right Mm -hmm. okay next question that we have here is it normal for women to call their significant other poppy or daddy or men to say mommy tree i'm not doing that i'm watching the show the other day and this woman just stay calling her husband Poppy. Now, I find that weird. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not for me. And that's all I got. I, I, I'm not calling my man, you know, Daddy, Poppy. And we know uh, what's her face from Married to Medicine, Heavenly. She calls her husband Daddy. That's that's not it. That's not the look. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a cultural thing. So I know in certain Latin American communities, Hispanic communities, it's normal to call everyone mommy or papi. I know Cubans love this. Puerto Ricans love doing this. Dominicans is very hit or miss. Like for me, my mom is mommy. My dad is papi. Anything outside of that, if I say that to someone else, it's hella uncomfortable. So you're not saying that to your man? What man? Oh, You mean Simba? (laughs) My dog? Your dog? Okay. All right. So what about, you know, Kiki was on her socials and she made a good point. She said she's going to be single until she's married. Other than that, it's not happening. If there's no ring, not even the ring, not even engaged. Until she's married, she's not claiming nobody. How do you feel about that? I mean, according to the IRS, the boxes are single, married, divorced this is or true. widowed this is true this is so true. you know tax season is right around the corner everyone make sure you file your taxes by may 17th but i think she's onto something she's just looking out for this in terms of governmentals because really if i'm a girlfriend living with a guy what that mean what i got a room with a view 
looking out for taxes, my ass. I'm not having that. If you are with me, you with me. If you don't want to say that you with me, the fuck are we doing? Bye. If you don't want to say that you with me, then that's not like a you problem. It sounds like you need to remove yourself to another equation. Exactly. So in that vein, Treva, suppose, you know, it's your big day. You getting married, you know, you've planned for this. You're in your couture dress. You look in all kinds of fine, just gorgeous. I like where you're going with this. Yes, it's your wedding day. Mm-hmm. In the middle of everyone celebrating, someone gets up and makes an announcement. What announcement? They're about to propose to their significant other at your wedding, girl. Get up out of here. Well, I guess we all know how Tree feels on that. That is so selfish. I hate it. Like, you cannot take the attention away from these two people and their big day. And you know what? We've seen that in some popular films. We've seen that in The Best Man, one of my favorite films. But you can't do that. It's not okay. I'm going to be very mad. And I'm going to start yelling. I'm going to tell you to immediately leave. But second of all, now my wedding day is about you and your engagement. That's not a friend. And if you're not a friend, you shouldn't be there. And you need to get escorted. And don't worry, girl. I'm going to be there. I'm going sh- to Cupid shuffle them right out the door. But what are you doing? Um, well, everyone who knows me well knows me that I am a Miss Petty LaBelle. And I will take a book right out of the Monica Geller of pettiness. And if you get engaged at my wedding guess what i'm doing at yours not you specifically but if someone does this oh i was like this is personal when you get married i'm gonna announce that i'm pregnant okay it's gonna happen i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna announce that i'm pregnant with twins you better show up with two babies in nine months then i oh i sure will even if even if i have to go take them out of somebody else's carriage (laughs) all right you better return them right after two but anywho what are you doing if someone proposes to you and then takes their proposal back just moments after asking. You can take the proposal back, but I'm keeping the ring. It's mine at that point. Mm, I don't know. Is there a time limit? No. You asked me to marry you. The ring is mine. Do you want that, though? Because, see, for me, um, I'm a real petty bitch. And I, I just, I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with you. First of all, that's embarrassing as hell. Second of all, just go. Leave me alone. Of course I want it. Because you know why? Embarrassing moments are fleeting. But diamonds mm. are forever. Okay. You keep that, you keep that energy, but hopefully, you know, this shit does not happen to us. But what are you doing if, you know, I saw this in a show, right? So this female asked a man to marry her, which is all good and fine. But then she gives him the ring to put on her. There's just so many questions here. Like, did she buy her own ring? So, you know, I'm all for female empowerment. If you know that this is the person for you and you want to get married, I have no qualms with if it's the girl asking the guy or the guy asking the girl. It's 2021. Great. What I will not do is buy the ring that you are going to put on my finger. I mean, I'll buy you a ring or a watch or a bracelet, a nose ring, maybe an earring for you to wear, but I'm not buying my own ring. Come on. Like, that's that's rude. I just feel like whoever asked, man, woman, whatever you want to check your box, right? You need to buy that ring for that person that you're asking. I just find it to be very weird that she proposed to her man and bought the ring for herself. No, you need to be giving him a ring if that's the way you want to do it. Yeah, because now you're telling me that you spent money on a ring for yourself when that was supposed to be the other person. But mind you, in the show, 
we never actually saw the ring. He he didn't even accept the proposal. So he didn't even open just, the box. He did not open the box. He did not accept the proposal. It was he didn't even mess. respond. This girl was in living in La La Land, so she clearly has issues. They also had been together for four years, and at that point, maybe she should have asked herself. Mm-hmm. Finally, so keeping in the same tradition of weddings, let's say you have a big old house, girl. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. A mansion on top of a hill, oceanfront views. I like this. When you wake up in the morning, you got nothing but sea, land, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. You got like three boats in your yard. All right. What's the catch? Someone asks you, oh my God, your house is so beautiful. Can I have my wedding here? And you say no. And six months later, the whole wedding party show up at your house, I, even though you said no. I mean, caterer, bridesmaid, flower girl, ring bear, all 225 guests. You know what? This sounds like some Florida shit. Well, you would be absolutely correct. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, none of this makes sense, which means that it had to be a couple, nonetheless a black couple, but a couple from Florida. Like, yep. who, where, where they do this at? Like, Sister friend, unfortunately, you are right. And as the moniker of our show, it be your own people. Because, yes, this is actually based off of a black couple who wanted to have their house at this super expensive, ritzy home. True Don't story. Get me wrong. I saw the pictures. I would love to have my wedding, True my story. PhD party, you know, a bachelorette party, baby showers, whatnot, all of that. Yeah. yeah. You got a party. It don't matter. You just want to be there. But the owner of the house said, oh, that's flattering, but now nah, I'm good. And they still showed up. Not showed up. I mean, it was the wedding day. Yeah, People like the party, like the guests. They had put out invitations. Apparently, a whole ice culture showed up. And I'm just like, how do you do that? And you know, there are people like that. Everyone knows someone like that. When you have a really nice place, everybody want to use your place for everything. That is true. So that's why you always got to have a backup plan. It's like, oh, no, I'm uh my house is getting fumigated that day, but I didn't tell you the date yet. Um, It doesn't matter. It's still going to get fumigated that day. Yeah, just like if someone says no, it's no. All right. So we've lost a few rappers in uh, the recent weeks. DMX, Shock G, and Black Rob. So we're going to do a quick tribute mix. R.I.P. Woo! Y'all going to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all going to make me go all out. Up in here. I'm even big six at the curb. That's whoa. Okay. Especially if you got the fully equipped kid on it. It's whoa. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo. I had this bad chick up town. She was whoa. Had me messed up in the head. I mean, whoa. All right, stop what you're doing. Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. To survive, bro. That's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can tear this. So I live the fast life, come through in the poor slow life, whoa. My people, like dough, like troll, nitro, my flow, nice clothes, I whoa. Uh. That was a really good bop. Thanks for that, Tree. But now, on to some more serious news. What the fuck news? So, in recent times, we have now finally gotten the 
uh, trial verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial where he was found guilty on all charges. For some of us, this is a victory, but for a lot of us, we also know the terrible um, antecedents that took us to have to get here. At the end of the day, a mother lost her son, a daughter lost her father, and the community lost yet another black man for no reason other than institutional racism and systemic oppression. We're now just waiting for the sentencing in just under two months. So hopefully the sentencing reflects the accountability that the jury was able to find in the conviction. Yeah. And what's uh, I think the max sentencing is 40 years, right? Um, for the most aggravated murder charge, the max is 40 years, but he was also found guilty of two other charges. So I believe that the, he can get 40 plus years depending on the indeterminate sentencing of those other charges. Now, what he got sentenced to is also going to be determined by the pre-sentencing investigation report, which is why sentencing usually happens a few weeks, sometimes even a few months after conviction, because what they have now is a special investigator go and tries to find out any mitigating factors that could possibly lead to why he should be getting less time, if they find that he might be suicidal or has some kind of psychiatric problem. Instead of getting sentenced to prison, they could sentence him to a psychiatric facility. So hopefully, you know, accountability is being found in the sentencing just as it was found in the conviction. And see, that's the thing. We're glad that he was found guilty on all three charges. But at the same time, you know, as you just mentioned, there's so much more that goes into it. And this is not the end. This was, you know, a small win, you know, him getting found guilty, which we haven't seen in the other cases with wrongfully killed black people whose lives were taken. And at the same time, I feel like the guilty verdict came about because of the big hoopla that came about from peaceful protests throughout the nation in 2020 and 2021. But the minute these charges came through, I mean, we're still seeing time and time again, unarmed black people, young teenagers, older people, man, woman, girl, boy, they're still being shot left and right. And unfortunately, right after, you know, we found out this verdict, it was almost like every other day. Mm -hmm. Well, because now things are starting to get back to normal, quote unquote, which means that we're starting to get back to the normal aspect of life. Police brutality, police use of force, the uh, terrible and unjustified killing of mostly black people. Um, the other, by the police. By the police. The other thing, too, that for me is so infuriating is the fact that the predominant reason why we were even able to get a conviction on all three charges is because of the video that the young lady recorded as George Floyd was dying. And without that video, who knows what would have happened? Because immediately following the incident, we saw how the chief of police was already trying to play, you know, cover your ass and try to come up with all of these other instances of what could have contributed to George Floyd's passing, saying that he died of cardiac arrest, that he had other underlying health problems. But the fact is that we saw for almost two weeks a murder trial for a murder that the entire world saw happening on a global stage. So why is it that we needed two weeks of expert testimony to see what we all saw? See, that's the thing that really pissed me off is the fact that this even had to go to trial. You know, I agree with you. We've saw it time and time again. He died. 
It was on videotape. It went viral and it got the world's attention. But why did this need to go to trial? And we get that lawyers, you're paid to do your job. But to try and come up with lies and and say that this man died in different ways than basically just by this man kneeling on his neck, that was really disheartening to see. It's one thing to do your job, but then it's another thing. It's like, how do you sleep at night? How? Right. And our politicians really show how out of touch they are with the things that they say and do when it comes to uh, police reform, when it comes to criminal justice reform. And I'm going to need Nancy Pelosi specifically to take several seats because she had the audacity to go and tweet out how, oh, George Floyd's sacrifice was necessary for us to move the needle or move forward with justice. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, why is the sacrifice of any life necessary? Because, you know, for the last several years, we've been yelling at the top of our lungs, Black Lives Matter too. Like, why is that even something that we need to say? And, you know, it was really great to see people who have been in the fight for decades who were there with George Floyd's family after the verdict. We had Al Sharpton. We had Jesse Jackson. We had Ben Crump, you know, with his family cheering on, making sure that this somewhat justice came through. Yes, I agree. And it's... It's a bittersweet, almost like a double-edged form of justice, because while, again, this may be moving the needle forward just a little bit, we also cannot um, deny or ignore the countless numbers of cases that will never see the same kind of justice because because those incidents were not recorded. Now, in the very same, so just moments after the uh, verdict of the George Floyd murder was being heard. We saw how Makia Bryant in Ohio was fatally shot by police. Just a few days prior to the verdict, uh, 13-year-old Adam Toledo in Chicago fatally shot by police. Duante Wright fatally shot by police. So it's almost like, you know, we take one step forward and it's like 100 steps back. I know, as it's been for decades. But one thing that was really great that Chris Cuomo said on his CNN show was that, uh, let's play that clip. How many more die of the pandemic, dying from police shootings, George Floyd, Dante Wright? I wonder if you'll remember their names six months from today because they'll be replaced by so many others. Forget that police are trained to deal with noncompliance with force that is not lethal. Hey, comply or die. And you know what the answer is. You really do. You don't like it. I don't like it. It scares me. Shootings, gun laws, access to weapons. Oh, you, I know when they'll change. Your kids start getting killed. White people's kids start getting killed. So it's really interesting when someone, you know, who is not a person of color really gets it and really just calls it what it is. If it's bullshit and looks like bullshit and smells like bullshit, call it the bullshit that it is. And him saying it'll only happen when this happens to white people's kids and they start getting killed. I mean, there was just so much truth in that. And I really hope that it doesn't come to that. I just really want people to get it. But I feel like some people who are racist are just getting more amped up to do 
even more harm. And, you know, as we see, police officers are killing more unarmed black people. So. Right. And it's not like we're sitting up here saying that, oh, we need to start like white people need to start dying for uh, politicians and everyone else to start opening their eyes and realizing what's going on. Not at all. But you also can't deny that there is a huge disparity in the way that we treat victims of color versus white victims. Um, And then the same thing, true is, you know, uh, Charlemagne speaks about this all the time. Mark Lamont Hill speaks about this all the time in terms of gun reform, that if you want want real gun reform have black people start going out and buying more guns and then guess what happens yes very true and to end on a positive note it was really great to see terrence floyd george floyd's brother ending his speech after the verdict by saying what a day to be a floyd very powerful words in less what the fuck news and in a new segment we like to call regular degular news this is where we like to bring you guys you know culturally relevant things but not as crazy as And what the fuck? Tree? So, I found out about this last year, but it is still shocking. Surrogacy is now legal in New York as of February in this year. What? And so the rise in surrogates have, you know, naturally gone up because people who have been out of work or people who want to make a little side hustle, they are now using, those women are using their wombs to to make some money. Yeah, Honestly, I found it very crazy that surrogacy was not already legal in New York because when you think about who has the type of money and expendable income to be able to have surrogates, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking Upper East Side, Upper West Side. It's not too uncommon, but after reading into the story, it's like, yeah, it's crazy how people like Andy Cohen, Michelle Buteau, who have talked about their journeys um, with with conceiving and having to use surrogates and how they had to go out of state so that they could have their families. It was actually during Michelle Boutou's, uh, you know, promo kind of trail for her book that came out, I believe this year, end of last year, that she mentioned her surrogacy, you know, issues and having to go to another state. I believe it was Philly or somewhere in Pennsylvania, not sure. And she lives in New York. And it was because of her and Andy Cohen that really brought on the the fact that it became legal in New York. So I'm happy that they brought it to light. And I mean, imagine if they weren't celebs, how else would this become a thing in New York? And there are so many same sex couples and couples who just want to have a kid and they personally, maybe they can't on their own. And it just seems so weird that in this year and, and day and age, This just became legal in New York of all places where it seems like we can do anything. Yes, I agree. And I'm very happy for the fact that this is now coming to New York and everyone who wants to have a family in their own way is going to have that opportunity. So yay for us. And in this section of... We out here with it, baby. LeVar Burton really wants to host Jeopardy. So he started a petition... He got everybody on board, and now, guess what? What? He is going to be hosting a show. I'm not sure if it's one or for the whole week, but he will be a guest host for Jeopardy this coming summer. Ooh, yes. I cannot wait. Guys, we need to run these ratings up so that he can remain the permanent host of Jeopardy. 
Yeah, you know, ever since Alec Trebek um, has gone on, we've seen so many different people. Honestly, I haven't kept up because I, I just don't care that much. Jeopardy isn't my show, but I love to watch it. And I tell you, if LeVar Burton is hosting, I will watch. I don't know the answers, but I will watch. I mean, this man, he helped me read, reading Rainbow. You know, we know him from Roots, Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah, I couldn't get into that. But I still love me some LeVar Burton. And... I'm just saying there will be a whole different demographic watching Jeopardy if this man is a permanent host. So let's all give him a shout out and some claps. Let's make sure we watch yeah. on all, all the channels in our in our homes. Put it on where he is hosting in the summer. Yeah, make sure that you guys watch live and then on Hulu too because those ratings also add up because we really want him to stay there. For me personally, you know, me too. LeVar Burton also taught me to read. He taught me to speak of the English muy bien. Speak of the English. Yeah, speak of the English muy bien. And I cannot wait to watch and get all the answers wrong and live my life. The best life. And also, we love to see celebs and their children becoming friends. So Tia Mori Hardrick and Gabrielle Union, their girls are little cute besties. They're oh like my God, what, so under adorable. five. They're like under five years old. And the both of them are always posting on the socials. These girls hanging out, you know, just being cute. And young, carefree, adorable. I just want to know, is it too young? Like, how old do I have to be? How young or old do I have to be for someone? You know, Oprah, can can I be your daughter? Can I just, you know, hang out with some of the people you know? Yeah, like, you know, so Oprah and Gail, you guys are best friends. How, why don't you mentor another generation of best friends really trying to make it through this game called life? Yeah, because we want that. Yeah, and like also some of your favorite things. So in another We Winning news, her won an Oscar the other day for her song Fight For You in the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. She also killed the red carpet. So her channel prince, she wore a, a jumpsuit with a cape. Nice purple cape. It looked really cool. Claps and hats off to you. Now, I'm not even going front. I didn't watch the Oscars, so I'm just going to take your word for it. And I know that in my mind, whatever she wore, girlfriend could have walked on there in a brown paper bag and she still would have killed it. Um, not to be confused. I didn't watch it either. Apparently, no one else <laughs> did because it was the worst ratings ever. But I do love to see the fashions the next day. And she killed it and she left with an award. And the girl is young and talented. And black. Do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. Also, Andra Day, I must say, her performance as Billie Holiday in the Hulu movie, um, The U.S. versus Billie Holiday, was so good. She ended up winning a Golden Globe for it a few months ago, and her her performance was hands down so good. Not only did she, you know, lose weight to look the part, she said she smoked so much to get her voice like right on point. And now that is commitment. It's true commitment. And she said she, she did gave all, herself smoker's voice on purpose. She did all the wrong things to lose the weight too. She said she was doing everything terribly that she normally does to save her voice and be healthy. She did the opposite of that to really put herself in this woman's life. And you know, the movie is all about the song Strange Fruit, which is a very uh, trying song for uh People, black people, people of color, um, back in the day. So it's it's a really good watch. If you have a moment, check that out. 
And finally, we would also like to give a shout out to none other than the Puerto Rican princess, Jocelyn Hernandez herself, as she was recently on Wendy Williams' show. I, I'm guessing that she was on there to talk about her reality TV show, some shoes that she was wearing. To be honest, I can't remember what she was talking about because she started off the interview coming in hot, already coming for Wendy Williams and letting her know, you need to do better and support the black people in POCs more than you already, like, uh, do a better job than what you're doing right now. Yes, let's listen to a clip. I hope you're going to give me my flowers today. I hope you're going to honor how much work I've put out there. Wendy, you're 35 years my, my city. How? You feel you undervalued? Well, so do I, okay? That's it, 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 you know what? Jocelyn, because you're part of pop culture, this is what I do. I came from the gutter. I came from the streets. I came from the gutter. Give me that respect, Miss Wendy Williams. Okay. We love you, but at the same time, you have to do better. You're not, in a, you're not in an abusive relationship anymore. You don't deal with that man anymore. You should be in a better place. And when people come on your show, especially black culture, you should be nicer to us, the ladies. You should respect us. You should give us our flowers while we're here. And you should tell us how proud you are of what we've done in the street. So basically, I have one question for you. Where's the lie? I see none. Because, you know, for Wendy to basically respond and say, this is my job. I mean, no, that's not true. Your job is to talk about celebs, say what they're doing, what they're wearing, etc. But you don't have to throw shade in it. Like she takes an open wound, throws all the salt, steps in it. Make sure you feel it. That's how she always comes at everyone. So I was really happy that the Puerto Rican princess put her all the way together. I mean, her edges, she pushed that shit so far back. I was like, damn, that, does Wendy have hair left? I don't it think she did. was such a crazy interview to watch. And at the same time, she only mentioned her upcoming show for like maybe 30 seconds. She has a third season of her cabaret show coming out on Zeus, a network that I don't know who watches it. But I mean, you know, Jocelyn's doing her damn thing with a third season of her show. And I am happy that somebody finally corrected Wendy and said, no, why don't you uplift and help the people of the African-American community instead of constantly bringing us down? Because I've seen her countless times again uh, to Vivica A. Fox, to Megan Good, so many other people, the way she comes at them. But there's like just a nasty, shady, shady twist. Yeah, and honestly, okay, yeah, your job is to talk about celebrities, but you don't just have to talk about the shady, messy stuff. It is possible for you to talk about the mess and the success. But you know what? Sometimes they're not even messy, though. There was one time, I believe it was earlier this year, Michael Ealy was coming out with his movie where he was like another crazy evil man. He been doing a lot of those recently. Well, you know, saying some things. <laughs> but right before he came out, she called him boring. She was like, oh, he's probably going to give us another boring interview. And then the man had to come out. It was a virtual interview. Had to come out. And, and I liked the way he twisted it. And he made fun of himself. He joked about it. And he said, oh, you know, it's probably because I'm, I'm boring. And, and she was kind of like a little taken aback, shocked, and embarrassed that she had said I mean, that. And that he addressed it. But how do you make fun of someone calling them boring nonetheless and then expect them to come out? And and just still do an interview with you. No, how do you shit invite shit. someone onto your show? That part. Talk shit about them just seconds before they come out to talk to you on their show on your show. Mm-hmm. 
and then be all shocked and surprised when they turn it back around on you. That'd be like if I invited you over to my house and then you came over and all I started doing was shading and talking shit about like whatever it is that you got going on. I'd yeah. be surprised if you don't like my own house on fire. Yes, you know, that's not happening because I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not about to take disrespect. So I completely stand with what the Puerto Rican princess did, basically letting her know before Wendy could even come with the shady question. She was like, no, you need to do better for our community. And she also called her 35 years older. Yeah. She said, Wendy, you're about 35 years my senior. Now we know that's a lie. It's probably like 22 years. And somehow I looked it up. Jocelyn is only 33. To what power? Like how? No, she's no. Did no, Google no, no. get it wrong? No, maybe not Google, but possibly the U.S. government or whatever identity she used to come to the U.S. How is this chick thirty three? See, when she's been thirty three for like five, six, seven, no, eight, ten years. No, I refuse to believe that she's around the same age as we are. That that don't make no kind of sense. Like no, 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 no. no. Stop lying, girl. You famous now. We don't care. Just tell us your real age. But needless to say, Puerto Rican princess. We will give you your flowers while you're still here and mm-hmm. not the messy one that Wendy threw at you. Yeah, that was disrespectful. Huh? And then, and I'm pretty sure it was a plastic flower, too. You know that flower was not real. I don't know, but hats off to you. Claps to the Puerto Rican princess. And now on to this episode's Good Watches. Check this out. So one show in particular that Tree and I are really excited about that is in the works, maybe tentatively happening, is Tashina Arnold's and Tisha Campbell's uh, upcoming series called Tisha and Tachina Have Issues. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with their actual names, you might know them as Gina and Pam from The Martin Show. Now, who don't know Gina and Pam? I mean, if you don't know Gina and Pam, go educate yourself. Like, this is something that's a part of, should be a part of everybody's culture. Treva, we were friends with people who until recently did not know who Gina and Pam were. I know, and I'm not trying to put them out there. So I'm going to keep moving on. But I'm really excited for this talk show. Apparently, it'll be filmed from both of their homes, and they're going to invite a celebrity friend or someone who knows them really well to help them dish on their issues, but also get out some other secrets that we don't know about their guest or themselves. Interesting. So this is... Sounds very familiar. Pretty much like a Lisa Vanderpump's overserved, except without the Lisa Vanderpump food. Or La Vida Losa, that palace. Or the Lisa Vanderpump drinks. Or those ponies. Or the ducks. Or the whole farm that she has (laughs) on her palace. Okay, I mean, you know what? It's a pandemic. I'm here for it. I'm really interested in seeing where these ladies take this show. I'm really excited to see who are the friends that they may come bring onto the show, what kind of tea might get spilled. So hopefully, you know, let's run this up. Hashtag this on all the social media because I really want to see what Gina and Pam been up to. But also, I mean, there are so many different shows that are similar but different. And Lisa Vanderpump is very posh and put together. And she's going to serve a UK put-together beauty queen. With a hint of some mess. A hint of mess. I mean, she was a former housewife. So, yes. 
But with Tashina and Tisha, it's different. We're going to get real homegirl vibes. It's going to be like you and me talking, except they have celebrity friends. And they're going to be just real funny, a ball of laughs. Every time they do something together or they host, uh, you know, the Soul Train Awards together, which they've done multiple times, I just can't wait to see it. So I really hope that a network picks it up soon because they are currently shooting as we speak. Mm -hmm. And when... Listeners, when you run this up, make sure that you mention that you're listening to the show because we suggested that you listen to the show so they can have us onto their show and then use their platform to help us sister friends out. And then we can all be friends. You know, friends making friends. Mm-hmm. Make friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now on to another show I am really excited about. I just saw this. It's coming out uh, in May. And the show is called Run the World. It's going to be on Stars, and it was created by none other than Yvette Lee Bowser. Many of us know her as the creator of Living Single. She also wrote a little bit on Dear White People. She did Half and Half, so many of those good shows we know from back in the day with prominently black women as the stars. I'm excited. Tell us what the show is about. I'm super excited about this. So this is a show that's centered around four black women who work, live, and play in Harlem as they strive for world domination. So already, you know, this is starting to give us girlfriends vibe, living single vibe. Yeah. Um, for listeners of the show that may have heard us talking about Tyler Perry's sisters, this is not that show. <laughs> this is going to be a, a good version of every other Yes. Person show about girlfriends that we've ever watched this is what tyler perry's sisters should have been but wasn't so for those of you who have watched sisters and have come at us because the show is so trash i mean we told you it was trash we admitted it but this is like a good version and it's perfect because it's starting in may when all of our other shows that we regularly watch will be ending in april so now we got something to watch for the summer yeah, and I mean, total disclaimer, when we tell you something that's trash, that means don't watch it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, or do, unless you know you a rubbernecker just like us. Okay. And it's also stars Brisha Webb and Amber Stevens West. So I'm really excited about it. It looks so good, and I can't wait. I don't even have stars. I think I might have to buy an episode or two. No, you don't, girl, because I have stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, that's why, see, that's why you need to have friends. See, be your own people in the best way. See, be your own people in the good way. And there's a Netflix show with Jamie Foxx. It's a daddy-daughter family show. Um, what do you think about this? Did you get a Did you get a peek at it? I saw I saw snips and bits and mm. and snippets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I saw it too, and you know, it's just always so good to see Jamie Foxx back on a sitcom. I love Jamie Foxx's show from back in the day, early 2000s. You know, I love me some fancy mm. Garcelle, who's now a Beverly Hills housewife. I love me some Uncle Junior. Love me some Uncle Junior. Yes, love all. And Anna know, The cast from Jamie Foxx's show. And you can't forget Braxton. Yes. This Netflix show is not that. He is He's a dad, and it's great to see him as a father. You know, there's laugh tracks in the back. Uh, David Allen Greer Forced plays. Forced laugh tracks? David Allen Greer plays his father. And, you know, I gave it a try. I gave it a watch. It's, it's, it's okay. You know, just yeah. support support the people out there doing their thing. So. I will say that, you know, Jamie Foxx is the epitome embodiment of black don't crack. Doesn't. He looks just like he did about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, as, lo- as far as watching Jamie Foxx on the screen, I say it's worth it. 
everything else is um you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a cute try but you know you, you could go back to giving us some something else like um you know do some more of that ray stuff that was good he needs to get back to his more serious acting but you know as far as showing him in a different light he's a dad here you know uh, hats off to him. He's doing something there. And another show that turned out to be really good. I was unsure about this, but The Baker and the Beauty. I know the the title is is really corny. It's childish. Really, it's really corny, childish, trash. Very Disney-ish. But it turned out to be such a good representation of Hispanic culture, food, music, real Hispanic families. The main family is Cuban, and they just got into the real nitty-gritty of like good family love happiness it was great i love to watch it yeah for me the first thing that drew me in was the hot brother that centered around the show so i was like okay already some good eye candy um what i really liked was the way that they kept going back and forth between english and spanish because especially among siblings that's really how it is or how about the mother oh yes that's just because that's real life like you know i mean especially people who you don't even have to be from you know the caribbean or or different country but if you speak another language, you're automatically going to go in and out of that language and, you know, whatever is the predominant language that you speak here. Mm-hmm. And it was just so real. I, everything about it was great. Yeah. And then what I really liked, too, was the way that uh, all the different food and cuisine was showcased, because it's so interesting to me how in so many cultures you can have the same food or the same dish. But it's called something different. So um, there's this one dish that they highlight in the show that's like the epitome of Cuban desserts. And they call it a tosillo. But in Dominican Republic, we call it flan. Or sometimes it's called a quesillo. But when they were talking about it and they were preparing it, I was just like, oh, man, this sounds really good. This is so interesting. And then when they take it out of the dish, I'm like, that's some flan. Like, that's just a flan. Yeah, I know flan. I never heard that other thing. Yeah. But it was so, and like those little pastry things, the uh, the turnovers that they were making. Oh my god, they made that look so good. Ooh. But that's the thing. I'm telling you, the food was really great. The family dynamic was so real. Just overbearing parents, siblings, all up in your face. Like when your family's <laughs> that close, you know what it feels like. So it was so good to see it. But then there was also good music, and then of course there's a love story. And it was great. I just think they should change that title because the title is less to be. Designed. Yeah, because the you see the title and I'm like, I'm not watching this child is that it shit. It sounds like some bullshit. Yeah, but then you see that it's like, oh, number seven in Netflix or the U.S. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll give it a try. I got nothing else to do on a Sunday. And sure enough, as what happened with Jenny and Georgia, I ended up watching the whole thing in one day because it was that good. And who told you to watch it? You did, because it be on people. Exactly. See, I be knowing things. Mm-hmm. And now on to Amazon Prime's Them. What do you have to say about that? I mean, it's a show. It's popular. It's a hard watch. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it's it's worth watching if, if you can handle that. It goes back into, you know, segregation. Redlining. Yeah, and the migration of black families moving into predominantly white areas. Uh, I, I couldn't get that far into it. It was just really, it was really trouble, troubling to watch. It, I didn't want to be in that headspace. I'm like, this is, I'm in a different world. You know, this is 2021. 
I don't want to hate certain types of people. And that show was really getting me into that headspace. So I had to just, I was like, okay, I don't know how I made it to three episodes, but it's a no for me. Yeah, so I actually forced myself to watch the series in its entirety just because I wanted to see what... Huh? There was a slap. Okay, so yeah, I was waiting for the slap. I wanted to see the slap, but I couldn't make it. I could tell you what episode in the minute where the slap occurs. So you can watch it and then don't watch anything else. I do want to see that. Um, But so for the listeners who aren't familiar with the show, there is the reason why we started watching this is because there's a trailer where we see the main uh, black mother character come out her house and slap the living dog feces out of her racist ass white lady neighbor but it wasn't just a slap it was the <laughs> biggest bitch slap it was a slap heard around the world like that slap went all around the globe two times kissed us uh, the statue in Timbuktu, and then came right on back to um oakland california or no compton where they were that slap was so bad i felt it I go. You felt it, and you saw the commercial. How about that's why the trailer really reeled me into watching the show, and then I saw the show, and I was like, I, I saw that slap, and I had to ice my jaw. Okay. I was just like, and so I say all this to say that obviously a really important story is being told here because it's, it is based off of a true family and what they experienced. Yes, you know, in the sixties or seventies when the migration happened, but. I also say that I personally cannot continue watching it. What I will say is that the show also does a really good job juxtaposing uh, what is talked about within the narrative of the TV show and then also the legal codes and policies that were put in place that allowed for lenders to give black families ridiculous uh, housing rates where black families actually ended up paying more for their houses in the exact same neighborhoods where the white families lived and then also looking at the social impact impact that this westward migration had on society not just for black people but for white people as well but i i do agree it's definitely it's an extremely difficult show to watch um there are definitely certain scenes where i ended up questioning my role as a human being because i i just don't understand and you know these were things that people actually experienced during that time so imagine how we felt watching it on a tv screen what it must have been like living it and yeah no i can't even imagine at the same time it's worth the watch and check it out and now for this segment of the sad blackity black ass truth so paul pierce got fired from ESPN a few weeks ago for having fun with strippers and friends in his own home on his own personal time. What? What do you think about this? That's not like a whole lot of bullshit because what I do in my own personal time in my own home, like if I'm not hurting anyone, if I'm not out here saying racist things, if you're not giving death threats, if I'm not giving death threats, like if I'm sitting at home, you know, smoking a blunt, having the company of some strippers. That's that's my business. Like, why do you care? See, that's what I didn't understand. I was like, well, what, what's the problem here? The only person he needs to answer to is his wife. Mm, if that- his wife doesn't know, if his wife doesn't care, then why is this even an issue? Why did this man lose his job? Because this is a whole bunch of bullshit. And... I'm now wondering if they're keeping the same energy with 
the other non-POC people who also engage in similar activities. Because we all know no one is a saint 100% of the time. We all know that. Like, come on. Everyone blows off steam in their own personal way. But for ESPN to give the axe to Paul Pierce, because why? Because he was enjoying his time and doing things that were actually perfectly legal in the state where he lives. So Also, he was in his own home. Like, he was at home, minding his own black-ass business. Like, what the hell? And apparently ESPN claims that it's because of their ties to Disney, but that's just bullshit. Mm. That's an excuse to get rid of him as a commentator because you clearly didn't want him as a commentator. I'm sure he could have, like, sneezed too loudly and you would have been firing him the next day if this didn't happen. And then also, yeah, Disney owns ESPN or whatever, but the commercials in between sporting events, what are they promoting? Beer, half-naked women, and having a good time. And what was Paul Pierce doing? All those things. Drinking. Smoking, half-naked women, and having a good-ass time. And he's not even a player. Like, he works for them. He talks about games. These things don't add up. Two plus two is not adding up to four on that friend. No, there's not. But you know what? He's not phased. This is a sad blackity-black-ass truth, but not on him. On ESPN, because they're wrong. And Paul Pierce is still getting jobs, so... It's fine. It all worked out in the end. So you do you, boo. But, you know, hopefully your wife knows about what it was that you were doing so you don't get in too much trouble. Um, now, moving on, and another aspect of sad, blackity, black-ass truth is when you are a person of color and you got something nice, like a nice house, a nice car, really expensive watch, and people have the caucasity to second-guess when you have nice shit. This is something that came up in uh, another show that Tree and I like to watch called Delilah on Oprah Winfrey's own network. So again, Oprah, you know, we watch your stuff, so please watch ours. Just adopt us. <laughs> yeah. And also in that show that you probably should or shouldn't watch them. So there's this one scene in Delilah where um, one of the characters, she goes through a pretty traumatic experience where she's actually placed in a psychiatric facility because the cop who pulled her over couldn't believe that the car that she was driving which i guess was a really nice car was hers and that she owned it because god forbid we should own nice shit and she was just a law student minded her damn business but what i will say is that delilah is a really great show about two friends from way back when i want to say high school or even college but they are both you know, female black lawyers, and they end up getting into a case against each other. But the favorite part about this is that Jill Marie Jones, we know her from Girlfriends. She is back. She's playing a lawyer, and you know this is just so funny because she reminds me so <laughs> much of Molly from Insecure. Yes. So much alike. And Molly on Insecure plays a lawyer. I really just need them to do a movie together do some projects together play each other's sisters or something because that just needs to happen so for me when i was watching that what i thought was really funny was the fact that for me joe marie jones will always be tony childs but she was playing a lawyer which is what joan was and played her best friend on girlfriends um so you know that also thinking about that and all the different ways that the shows that we watch can also determine how we think about certain people um but yeah and then in the show them keeping up with this theme uh all the white families thought that the only way that a black family could move into their neighborhood is if they got their house for cheap cheap 
because the real estate agent wanted to just start moving black people into the neighborhood when spoiler alert actually not only am i paying what the house is worth i'm actually paying way over market value i'm being burdened by a ridiculous tax rate and the banks that lent me the money for me to get this mortgage are actually banking on me to default on the loan so that they can foreclose on the property get my money and then sell it for an even higher profit margin when i can no longer pay but also the black man and father and great husband on this show was an educated black man mm. and an engineer and had a great job and you know pay for that with his own money mm-hmm. so. stop questioning when we have nice things when we've worked hard to have nice things and don't give us a side eye when you know every once in a while we want to treat ourselves and they side eye us and it's like regular stuff It's not like I'm driving around in a Benz or a a Beamer or a Maserati. Like, I could just have a nice SUV that I take care of. That's it. This happened in, you know, series that we watch. But this also, we talked about this in a previous episode, happened to Amanda Gorman just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just let us do us. Get off our ass and let's move on. So New York Times is doing a documentary on none other than Janet and the debacle that happened at the Super Bowl years ago with Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did hear about this and something having to do with um, Justin Timberlake stylist coming forward and, um, you know, claiming or uh, pretty much confirming that it was Justin's idea for this to happen. Also, he could have his moment. And my thing is just like, OK, everyone, no one's shocked that this is Justin's idea. Like everybody black and brown knew that this was not Janet Jackson's idea to have this happen. Yet she was the one who she was the one exposed on national television. And she was the one also simultaneously villainized for something that she didn't have anything to do. But also because she did not apologize and Justin Timberlake did and again why should she apologize because she didn't do anything wrong this happened to her not she she didn't expose herself she got exposed so since she did not apologize her career suffered tremendously and you know Viacom apparently is behind all this and they own so many different networks and stations and so basically people stopped booking Janet Jackson for certain things not playing her music and you know she went on to just go start her family get married have a kid but get millions. Get millions, you know, still doing her thing. She's still Janet Jackson. But it sucks because Justin apologized and his career just kept on going up and up and up like nothing happened. Yeah, that's, again, the sad blackity-black-ass truth of it all. Sad blackity-black-ass truth. On this section of... Your Black Card Revolt. We're keeping it short and sweet, y'all, today. And we're only revoking one black card. Because Florida. So in recent events, we found out that a Florida nurse by the name of Nivian Petit Phelps was trying to kill Vice President Kamala Harris based under the premise that she thought she was not really black. Again, Florida. Yeah, I know. They they never surprise us because anything that happens is crazy. I'm like, is this, is this person from Florida? And nonetheless, she's from Miami. 305. What? And she was sending videos to her husband in jail, by the way. 
he's in jail. Oh, great. Threatening to kill Kamala. My whole thing is... The plot tickens. Girl, don't you have more problems? You have more issues to worry about. Your husband is in jail. How about you worry about that and not about the vice president, the first female vice president, the first black female vice president? No matter how black she is, she's black. No one's going to tell anyone else how black they are. How about you worry about your own instead of Kamala? And then the other thing, too, is you're a nurse in Florida during a global pandemic. Ain't you busy enough? (laughs) I mean, she must not be busy enough because her husband ain't there. So she had time. I guess so. So for that, unfortunately, your black card revoked. And now for Reality Roundup. I just want to say hi. Like I said, J-Lo and A-Rod are done again. But um, this comes as no surprise to anyone. J-Lo is a bad chick. And she knew it was only a matter of time before she sent out that, that press letter saying, we are really done. They're still going on dinner dates and whatnot. But it's probably business related or maybe keeping the, up appearances. Maybe appearances. Maybe the kids, you know, miss each other. But she's completely done. And I can't wait to see who she dates next yeah and to be clear the ha is not because they broke up the ha is because in a previous episode tree called this that would happen yes that they broke up or broke up the engagement got back together only so that j-lo could be the one to stick the nail in that coffin yeah that was just you know tuning up my own horn i'm right and moving on to nick cannon he is excited about his upcoming twin boys he got that many kids this would this is going to be five and six five and six what is wrong with these men like i don't know what happened but i blinked and suddenly he's about to have two extra kids so he has twins right with With mariah right ex-wife okay then um i forget the second baby's mother's name but he had one with her and then in just december he had a second one with her just december but now he just had a baby shower for his current mother of his future children and his twin boys. But guess what? What? He has a girlfriend, and the girlfriend is not the the no, girlfriend. Right. The girlfriend not the pregnant. You lie. I lie not. Nick can't. You know it must be something about that turban. It's a turban that be turning people on. They can't turn away. Turbans be making the women turn crazy. Yeah, because they were like, I want you to be my baby daddy. Um, there must be something in the water. I don't know. And maybe Nick Cannon just awesome. Something must be. I don't know. He must. That, have I did special. not realize he had that many kids. I'm like, uh, so because he doesn't yet, he has four. And between him, Eddie Murphy, Young Jack, they could have like their own little like. If he did a wild and out of just inviting people's kids over, he could have like his own wild and out crew with just his kids. And that might be the funniest episode ever. Ooh, Michael Blackson, you about to be out of job. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? As long as they can pay for their kids, you have as many as you want to treat the women right and treat your kids right. This is true. Just, you know, you have as many as you want, but just make sure you take care of them kids. And apparently in other news, Lamar Odom is dating someone. Guess who? Um, Kylie Jenner. Keeping it in the family. That would just be nasty. Now, I know that family goes to, to, you know, all ends. But no, no. He is dating, loving hip-hop's Carly Red. That was close enough. 
Kylie, Carly? No, 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 no. Two different people. But you know, this is a this is a come up for Carly if this is true. And nonetheless, they'll both get, I guess, good press from it. I mean, Lamar is really at this point just doing anything to kind of stay on TV and make a couple coins. Like he has money, so I don't know why he's doing these things. The celebrity boxing. He's about to fight Aaron Carter in the summer for a celebrity boxing match. Yes, Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter, Nick Carter's little brother? Yes. yes. Aaron Carter? They're about to go in for a fight. They're making money off this fight. So they're going to fight in the summertime. But Lamar Odom's like two feet taller than that boy. It doesn't matter. They are going to fight. And Carly Red is his woman. She's going to be there cheering him Oh, is she going to be uh, posting up the numbers? Maybe. Walking through the boxing ring? But if this ever sounds like uh, something that's not going to work, this would be the relationship. I mean, I guess once you've been on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, what's one more reality TV show? So we'll probably see him on the next installment of Love and Hip Hop ATL. Yeah, that would be good. I would actually love to see him on Love and Hip Hop, him and Carly dating or arguing or whatever they're going to do. And now something that was so disturbing when I heard about it. I still can't even properly like get the words out of my mouth. But Tyrese, you know, actor, singer, all that was on the socials. He was on the socials shaving his girlfriend's private areas. What? Yes. Yes, I've I've heard of this and mm. I'm sorry, no. All kinds of no. I just don't like what won't people do for attention? Literally nothing. There <laughs> like, are certain things that's like how low can you stoop? How low can you go? So does he think that he's going to be with this woman for forever? I don't know. It doesn't matter. She's, you know, some young 20-somethings. Tyrese is in his early 40s. Like, if you want to be together, be together. Fine. He's going through a divorce. I'm not sure if it's finalized yet. You have two children. One of them's a teenager. Like, they could see this. Oh, I didn't even think of that. They could see this online. I didn't think what about the you, kids. What are you doing? He's and also not even officially divorced. I, hey, the thing is that he has moved on. His wife current wife soon to be ex-wives does not you know care about what he's doing right so they all separate but why are you doing this this is something that no one needs to see this is a whole new level of pda that just terrible yeah y'all need to keep your private business to yourselves private business in private areas like girl please if you want a brazilian that bad i'm sure that there are spas open in la that will see you yes and moving on to celebrating black love in the positive way, we'd like to give a good highlight to Ready to Love, which is a show on the OWN Network uh, hosted by Tommy Miles, or Nephew Tommy, as he's most commonly known. Um, and this season, the show is being hosted in Houston. So we're seeing a whole lot of uh, young, youngish to middle-aged black professionals coming together to really find find that one true love their person that's going to give them blissful happily ever after you know this show i love to see it this is basically the black bachelor slash bachelorette you have black men and women in their 30s to 50s dating they're more serious about dating they say that they are there to find love and meet someone you know some people have been Married, never married, uh, divorced, have children, etc. So it's really great to see some of the people that potentially get together. And in previous seasons, you know, 
we've seen some people make a connection with multiple people because there is no like you're talking to this person you have to continue talking to them so it's really great to see them go out on dates get to know one another but they are of an older setting so you're really getting to see professionals talk find love date you know get into a little sexy mood yeah you know even even though they're like adults and doing what adults do um they can still get a little messy sometimes and i'm not gonna lie i like watching the mess I love the mess. Yeah, because, you know, I stopped watching Married at First Sight once that toxic-ass man was no longer on there. Because at the end of the day, I I do like watching other people's toxicity, just as long as it's not mine. Absolutely. And moving on to couples retreats. I like to call it couples therapy, but it's on VH1. And it's a multitude of different reality couples, most of them from Love & Hip Hop. But it's hosted by AJ Johnson She's an actress, choreographer, fitness trainer, and most importantly, life coach. We know her from House Party, and she was Tyrese in Baby Boy's Mama. Yes, that's her. And she's all 57 years old looking 30. Is she 57? 57 looking 30, girl. Oh, damn. She looks great. You know what I also remember her from? The Fresh Prince. The episode where he pretends to be a poet Mm -hmm. and she's so in love with Raphael de la Ghetto's word. Yes. That's what I remember. You know, her and Will, they're both in their 50s. But uh, tell us the couples that are on. So we have Yandy and Mendeecees who pretty much start the whole show. Like they bamboozle their friends into coming onto this retreat saying like, oh, friends, come take a vacation with us. Get away from the COVID and the family and the stress of it all. Not realizing. Surprise. It's couples therapy, but in a retreat. I mean, but they all need it, so it's not that bad. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, then we also have Ray J and Princess Love, a.k.a. the Norwoods. And they definitely need this. We also have Michael Blackson and his girlfriend of two years, Rada. Well, Rashida and Kirk Frost are the Frost, and we everyone knows Rashida from the ATL music scene, but probably most recently... Love a hip-hop ATL. Do we really know her from the ATL music scene? I mean, she had okay. that, that one song. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> and then we finally have Delicious, a.k.a. London, um, who y'all probably know or remember from uh, Flavor of Love. How could we forget? And then she is most recently married to one of the Exonerated Five, Raymond Santana. And they are the Santanas. So I really like the idea of the show, bringing these couples. Some of them are new couples, newlyweds. Some of them are just dating. And the others are married, have married for, you know, less than 10 years up to like 15 plus years. So they have children. They have their own issues. Some are recently out of jail and some have been out of jail and still adjusting to new life. You know, some of them like Delicious and Raymond they have gone through a miscarriage. And then you also have Michael Blackson, who just likes to have other women in the bedroom with him. So there's just a lot of different things happening. And you even have Ray J and Princess, who are currently going through a divorce, yet they're on this show. My one issue is, 
Ray J and and Princess, they just keep making the show about themselves. And it's like, there are four or five other couples there. Please, this is Going through, like, real shit. Going through real shit. This is not about you. But I do love that they are showing how important therapy is, you know, before you get into marriage, while you're in marriage, you know, when you're still getting to learn the person. I mean, all types of therapy is good for a person singularly and in a couple. So it's really great. But one huge shocker that I was surprised about, and I'm like... Like, really, dude, was when Yandy asked her husband, Mendezes, who's fresh out of jail from doing a five-year bid, she asked him, would you hold me down and do the same that I did for you if the roles were reversed? I want for better or for worse. If the roles were reversed, would you hold me down? If the shoes was on the other foot, you know, I don't know what I would be able to do. Hmm. And that's a problem. And he flat out said, I don't know. Oh. That is such a slap in the face because not only has this woman, you know, she helped take care of his son from a previous relationship while he was away. She also had two children, one who was a a little baby by the time he went in. And so she was also taking up for him. She took up uh, these great causes. She also is uh, works with Portia a lot, um, bringing attention to uh, the violation of human rights for those who are incarcerated. She takes up a, a lot of civil rights issues. Most recently, what was going on with Breonna Taylor down in Louisville. So she she does a lot, and she also runs multiple multiple businesses, businesses putting money on his books, making sure that he was okay. And for him to go and say, I don't know what protecting his name out in these streets and i'm just like excuse me especially when you know the only thing he could complain about was oh you didn't call me for a couple of days bitch she's running shit she has children to take care of she has businesses to run so that money can still come in and feed these kids and you worried about getting a a phone call in jail bitch your ass shouldn't have been in jail like basically i feel like he was just expecting her to just be in and in Spanish, we have the saying called Belar Santo, which just means that you just sit there and you pray and you wait for a miracle to happen, but you're not actually doing anything. Yandy's a doer. She's not going to sit around and wait for a solution to come to her. She's going to pull one out of somewhere and do what black women do, which is get shit done. And she stay on different VH1 shows. Why? Because it's probably probably was her idea. Because she getting a check. And yes, you're right. She is a doer. And I just see, I mean, I like them together, but she just, I feel like she does so much more. Yeah, that was all the way rude. But I really hope that so far what uh, the different exercises AJ has had them do has really brought out some truths to them. So I hope that it works out well. And I don't know what Ray J and Princess are doing. I feel like they are that ultimate toxic couple they yeah. love to argue and then later on they're just gonna go fuck it out like i'm sure the divorce is gonna get thrown out and then they're gonna have a third kid well the thing is is that they play too much with that divorce shit like they get into an argument oh i filed for divorce thing and then things get better they take the the filing back then they get into another argument and then the other one files for divorce and i'm just like mm, but you know what if this divorce sticks here's what i'm thinking you know who else is getting a divorce Kim K. What if they? Oh my God! Stop it! What if I'm just saying? I mean, he he did put out a whole song on how he hit it first. So he did. I'm just hey, you know things. But that also was one of the most boring sex tapes ever. It's like it was a vacation tape. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that there's a possibility 
that they could possibly get back into it. Not get back together, but maybe just have fun, you know? I didn't even think about that, but you know what? Momager um, Jenner, yeah, Momager Chris Jenner, she gonna find a way to make a show out of that. Or maybe, maybe Kim could be his lawyer. Oh, you mean Kim, who's out here on the socials talking about how she's a single mother in law school? Yeah, but you know what? She's going to be a lawyer. Maybe she could be Ray J's lawyer. You know? Oh, Lord. that maybe, maybe she'll stick it to Ray J and she'll be Princess's lawyer. You never know. Um, That's a scary thought. <laughs> a lot Kim of things with a JD. in this world. But hey, you know what? On that thought, it's a wrap. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke. Stay alert. And tune in next time.